instrument it's a little it's a little <laughs> little messy this morning <clears throat> everybody in my house is sick everybody's come through the house is sick everybody that's at the house is sick people that have left the house is sick everybody's sick so therefore by extension one plus one equals a cold yeah oh. i'm right on the edge of a cold Oof. plus you were in airplanes this week i was in an airplane i was yep. in several airplanes it was yeah. in cold Courts. weather didn't wear your it was gloves in a, it was in an ice storm yeah so, uh, coldies uh, seems to work for me. But here's what coldies does. Okay. These are zinc lozenges. Yeah, you got to take the zinc. And uh, if you take them when you first start feeling like you're having a cold, they're great. But they hold the cold off. It's like you know the bad guy is right behind the door in the closet. <laughs> you, it, it, they it's do work. right there. They do work. Yeah. Knocking at the door. Shorten the symptoms um, or, or relieve the symptoms to some extent. Shorten the duration. So, if I get through, like, today... Because I'm off the next couple of days. Because you know I'm only working three days a week. Now. <laughs> uh, if uh, if I can get through today, then I, I should be home free. So whatever you do, don't go around licking all the doorknobs. Ooh. That would be a bad thing. Do you want some thing. tea? I have a lot of tea. No, I don't. I'm just pounding the water. Hot there tea. You go. Pounding the you. fluid. You know what I had for breakfast? Apple juice. Oh, mm. huh? Mm. That's not good. You need to put some vodka in that. What do you mean? Why is apple juice? Well. Bad? I don't know. How about some hot cider with yeah. the apple juice? Usually you come in with a Diet Coke, don't you? I mean, where, yeah. where am I going to find hot cider at this hour, Steve? I don't know. Steve, ask Mary that. Ask Mary where I'm going to find Mary, hot cider. Steve, somebody will bring you some. Where he's going to find some hot cider at 3 o'clock. Sweet listener will hear it and bring you some. <laughs> 512, Andy's in for Dave. Is that an upset, Northwestern beating Boston College, or is Boston uh, College pretty bad? No, they're not bad. I mean, it's uh, it's always an upset when you win on the road, especially... Well, the reason I bring it up is because it's not like I just said Northwestern's bad. They're not bad. They're young. No, yeah, they're young. They're finding themselves 4-3 uh, and three now. Uh, Miller Cop, the sophomore that uh, Chris Collins has a lot of high hopes for, really came through yesterday with 20 points. So it was a nice victory for the uh, for the young men from Northwestern. And there's all sorts of tournaments going on at uh, the beginning of the year and the end of the yeah. year. This one, I don't understand. Yeah, this is uh, kind of a made-for-TV event. Uh, they've had the uh, the Big Ten Big East Challenge. This is the Big Ten ACC Challenge, where mm-hmm. each of the Big Ten teams will play an ACC team. And uh, I think the and winner... total wins or something? Yeah, I think the winner gets a toaster. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah so. Although NCAA rules prohibit them from actually putting bread in the toaster. Yeah, but if it's delivered by Prime, it's okay? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, at five thirteen, we'll uh, do the forecast here. We'll update you on the numbers. I know, I know, Steve. I know you just told people the numbers, mm-hmm. but you're gonna have to tell people the numbers again. I'll tell them again because they're getting up every couple of minutes. Right. We want to keep people updated. All right. And what's they're the hitting weather? snooze. Here's what's coming up: Big O before six. Also, Karen Conti before seven. Karen Conti, a legal expert, a lawyer, but a lawyer you can love. Yeah, she'll be on. You got any law problems? Uh, problems? None that I know of. Maybe she knows of some of that I do that I do have. Top six at six, uh, coming up, oddly enough, at six. Uh, Pat Brady and Bridget Gaynor will be in to talk some politics. Uh, we're expecting a call this morning from President Trump. Hmm. So, those in usually, London? Those usually, yeah, he's calling from London. Oh, okay. So, it's easy for him, because, you know, it's, it's six hours, right. so, so oh, I mean, it's already yeah. 11.15. Yeah, there. he should be good. Uh, Dean is in L.A. Uh, he'll be on with us, uh, as will Troy Murray, who's not in L.A. He is not. He's probably in, uh, on his way to Boston. Mm-hmm. 
Then we have another uh, holiday choir to sing before 9 o'clock. We're off at 9 now. Show's on 5 to 9. 5 to 9. 5 to 9. Five's earlier than 6. Uh, by about an hour, right? Does the president know that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what anybody knows. Uh, let's see. A couple of textures. Steve, Airborne is the key to recovery. I've oh. seen Airborne, but what is it? It's like the little tablet that dissolves in water. Uh, it's like a vitamin C burst, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, Pepto, not Pepto Bismol, but Alka Seltzer. Seltzer, yeah. Alka Seltzer. Yeah. But yeah, before you go on a plane, you're supposed to take it. To and avoid uh, all the germs. 815, what did Steve say he took to relieve cold symptoms? In my case, cold ease. Uh, there's lots of different zinc lozenges if you find one that works. Pound them. <laughs> I just take the zinc tablets, regular zinc. D- don't you have an excess of zinc in your system then? <laughs> no. Like, do you show up on a periodic cold. table? No. <laughs> she likes her zinc straight. I start from the bottom. Right. No. There's a square now that says MV. <laughs> I only take it when I feel cold coming on. Okay. So they work. Um, I bring the cold on. I'm every, not coming near you today. No, every year uh, I say, oh, it's been a long time since I had a cold. <sighs> Ten minutes later, I have a cold. Yeah. yeah, you were sick already this year. Well, yeah, but in January, maybe. No. A couple months ago, weren't you sick? Yeah, and did you cold. have a summer cold? Yeah. No. Yes, you did. You no. had one that lasted like three months. No, that was a man cow. <laughs> Different station. Oh, that was my <laughs> afternoon shift. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, another person says elderberry syrup. And uh, 708, tea and blackberry brandy. Ooh. Where am I going to get tea and blackberry brandy at this hour? I got the tea. Anybody got some brandy? 519. Yesterday was uh, Giving Tuesday, and uh, one of my favorite people came by the show, Colleen McGrath. Uh, and Colleen is with something called Camp One Step. I want to play back a chunk of that for you here. Camp One Step is a camp for children and families facing cancer. Mm-hmm. We're based out of Chicago, but mm-hmm. um, we serve kids in the Midwest. Um, we have 11 programs throughout the year uh, that are free of charge. So we do everything from a two-week summer camp on Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, to family camps and sibling camps and adventure programs, skiing and snowboarding and whitewater rafting. And, and the idea being you give kids an opportunity to just be kids. Just be a kid, to get out of the hospital and have the opportunity to remember remember what it's like to be a child how do kids get involved with camp one step because if they can't afford to go we scholarship them in right yeah that's the great thing we have 11 programs throughout the year and they are all free of charge to our campers and their families so they can join us for one of our 11 programs throughout the year at no cost um and are the hospitals referring kids to you guys or do they hear in other ways Definitely. Um, a lot of our medical team works in different hospitals across the Midwest, and they're huge advocates for us. Um, you know, on more than one occasion, I hear our doctors and our nurses say that, you know, we have a medication that they don't provide in the hospital and that, you know, we can treat their spirit. And if we can treat their spirit, they want to fight the right. disease. Fill people in. I know some people have heard it before, but tell people your story. Sure, of course. When I was 14 years old, um, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four. Uh, my only experience was with cancer at that point was my mom died uh, eight months prior of colon cancer. And so regardless... And you were a healthy kid. I was a healthy kid up till, um, you know, our first experience with cancer as a... As within our you know family unit was my mom you know we'd had distant relatives and different things but that was our really first experience um perfectly healthy kid active kid um and 
you know, all of a sudden I lost my mom and it was really hard because people didn't know if I was sad or what was going on. Sure. And my dad and I just had this gut feeling it was it was bigger. And then the labs and different things were coming back to say it was bigger. Um, and eventually I, I ended up with a stage four pancreatic cancer diagnosis. And there's no reason for you to be here because no. <laughs> stage four pancreatic cancer is about as bad as it can get. Yeah. Um, so you're a walking, talking miracle. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. And a reason for people to be hopeful yeah. and optimistic about life. Because you've got a lot of reasons where you could have been in a funk forever. Definitely. Um, That's the magic of camp, though. To me. Well, it really is. So, yeah. so as I remember the story, your dad heard about this and he wanted to take you to camp. What was your reaction at 14? Um, so, yeah, at that time, my uh, doctor and nurse on the oncology floor were helping run our volunteer medical program at summer camp. And um, I had asked to quit treatment and let myself pass away. And At my, 14? At 14. Ugh. It was it was bad. I spent Brutal. six months in a hospital. I I, well, I can't imagine how awful it must have been for you. But I also think about your dad after losing yeah. your mom and then seeing his, his little girl going through this. Oh yeah, I can't I can't even think about it. But um, he really believed it was my choice. But uh, he was a smart man and knew he was going to try everything he could. And that led to um, my nurse and doctor agreed to sign off on letting me uh, quit treatment as long as I tried a camp on Lake Geneva, Wisconsin uh, for kids like me with cancer. And I thought they were crazy. I probably thought that was the most insane thing I'd heard in six months of chemo and surgeries and everything. I, I just pictured a bunch of sick kids and I didn't understand how you know, that Whatever help. time I have left, I don't want it to be that. No, because it seemed to me like it was going to be you know, a hospital floor with sure. arts and crafts or something like that. My dad agreed. And so by default, I agreed because I usually got my way with my dad at that mm-hmm. point in life. I'm guessing, so, sure. Yeah, we'd gone through a lot, so I usually ended up uh, getting my way with my dad. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I can get out of this for sure. Um, month after month went by. He filled out all the paperwork, all the medical paperwork we're sent in, because we have an incredible medical team that can take care of me and our kids just like they could take care of anyone in a hospital. And uh, all of a sudden, it was the day before, and I refused to pack, and he was packing for me, and the next morning, we were in the car. Um, And you're an emotional mess. I'm an emotional mess. And you're mad. I'm mad. I locked myself in a McDonald's bathroom on the way up there. I didn't want to go so badly, um, which, again, uh, a dad with a 14-year-old daughter, I don't really think he knew how to handle that situation no, that either. not great. Um, but we went, and he dropped me off, and I was mad. I was scared. And then within a few hours... Um, Your life changed. My life changed. I felt hope and happiness, and I saw kids just like me. I saw kids who were cancer survivors, which I couldn't even see that far ahead. Of course not. I could only see how miserable I was in the moment. So for the very first time, it it was an opportunity to really think about um, my future, and I hadn't thought about that. Your dad wasn't out of the woods yet because you were mad at him going home, too. I was. (laughs) Because you didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. We had a two-week summer camp. Look at you, you difficult daughter. I know. He picked me up mad because I was only sent for one week. <laughs> it's Colleen McGrath, and that's an amazing organization. CampOneStep.org. I hope you'll take a look at it. And for all of you who contributed to any cause yesterday, thank you for that. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the number to call or text any time this morning. Uh, Steve, I know you'll cover this at the bottom of the hour, but an update on the Eddie Johnson story. Continued reporting now says that um, the woman that he was seen with may have been part of his security detail. 
Yeah, that's what we're hearing, too. And there may have been some kissing involved. So uh, the story gets a little bit more, um, you know, all these details are sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, it's uncomfortable reading them. Um, and it was an uncomfortable situation, I'm sure, for his family to be hearing all of this and others. But uh, those are the details coming out. And we're also hearing, too, that there has been some changes being made in the department behind the scenes. The uh, One of the commanders in the Grand Central District has been demoted to the rank of captain, we're hearing today. We don't know if all of this is connected to uh, Eddie Johnson, but the new acting superintendent has made some uh, command changes. So we'll see if those are connected to the Johnson thing. There's also an investigation underway into some top members of the department to see whether or not they covered up, help cover up any of this. Questions linger on how the mayor handled this. Um, we'll talk. take this up with the Pat Brady and Bridget Ginner as well. Um, if the mayor's going to stand up and make a public statement that says, I am firing the superintendent of police, she therefore has to say why. And in saying why, um, I thought she generally took the high road by saying that the family, uh, in re- with respect to the family, I don't want to say anything. However, and I don't know how you avoid this, if you do say that, you put suspicion on whatever was going on in the first place. It all comes down to the same thing. If Eddie Johnson's fooling around, that's between him and his wife. If Eddie Johnson's drinking, driving, and lying to the mayor, that's a public problem. So I wish it had stayed in that particular area. Uh, nonetheless, um, I hope Eddie Johnson uh, gets his life in order because uh, I personally like him. And I think in the time that he had... Uh, in the job, um, statistically uh, and anecdotally, did a good job. So, yeah, uh, and then the other part of this too, and, and back to the, what the mayor said, the, the, ins- the inspector general's report investigation is still ongoing. Apparently, uh, so there could be others that have been caught up in this that I think maybe she was holding back details uh, because of that part of it. So, you know, we may hear more from her in the next week or so, perhaps as this investigation comes to a close. I've also heard that uh, several of the people that uh, Eddie Johnson uh, had promoted have stepped aside and were either retiring or stepping down. Well, I think that goes back to the thing that I mentioned to you earlier. These are some of the command changes. that, okay. uh, and So some of them have stepped aside. Some of them have been removed. Uh, so we'll see whether or not this is actually connected to Eddie Johnson or if this is just the new superintendent or the interim superintendent making the changes he wants to have people that he wants in those positions and any idea on the replacement any rumors uh the search is no the search is ongoing i think the deadline is coming up for everybody to have their applications in right so that is coming up and you know we yesterday at this time we're talking about the interim superintendent beck uh, why he hadn't been here and ryan burrow from our news department told me that uh, and this is a fact that i had forgotten he wasn't scheduled to start until the end of december ah, okay. so that's why he hadn't been here well that would make sense yeah. big o coming up here in a little bit um there was a japanese man is this you know he collects stories that we don't really have the place for the rest of the show mm-hmm um, I don't know if you've ever called customer service and you were irate and you had trouble holding back. Well, you had a JetBlue incident. Yeah, a few big time ago. about a year ago, yeah. Uh, but a 71-year-old man uh, in Japan, um, he's kind of, I mean, he ought to have a camp, a camp for anger. He made 24,000 complaint calls to a phone operator. He's accused of making thousands and thousands and thousands of calls to a company called KDDI. And their free number in eight days. The company told local media been calling repeatedly for two and a half years. His name is uh, Okamoto, uh, uh, Akitoshi Okamoto. 
A Japanese media report, he's accused that company of violating his phone contract because he was unable to pick up radio broadcasts on the phone. This dude likes radio. Yes, he does. So we support that. He called the customer service representative many times a day, only to hang up. And you can't really blame him because you would think, well, what else does he have to say? Yeah. He's out of stuff. He's got nothing else. (laughs) No new material. Uh, So uh, whether charges go forward or not um, remains to be seen. Uh, But I have to say, if you have enough time to make 24,000 calls, (laughs) you have enough time to get a different phone. Good point. All right, in other news, um, there is a very big movie out now with a lot of very big stars in it. One of those stars has had sort of a, a quiet music career for most of his movie career. Hmm. I'm going to play you something here. This is a duet. Okay. And you, the old disc jockey. Yeah. I want to see if you can tell me who this is. Okay. All right, hit it. Azúcar, pechi, sabroso. Bailalo, mami. Movie star coming up. When I'm away from you, I know what to say and do. But every time you're near, my courage disappears. A list movie star. Don't know if I'll get through. Destroyed by you and while you're collected in crude, I make a fool of myself. Now big music star here. I want so much to be the only love you see. Big big hit guy right now. Do you know who that is? Think of the voice. The voice judges. Maroon 5, Adam Levine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Adam Levine with a duet. That's Adam Levine? That's Adam Levine. But listen to the other person again. Coming up here right here. Well, apparently now he's playing horns. Yeah. Is it a man or a woman? Now, is it a man or a woman? Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, I think it's a man. You think it's a man? I think it's a woman. I think it's a man. So we got one woman and two men. When he comes back for the second chorus, crank it up again so they can hear it. This is more the uh, this is more the chorus. This is this is gonna be the chorus. Just save it for for the particular person. I mean, you're gonna be blown away. Yeah, I think I have an idea. And again, major movie out right now. Yeah. Filled with stars, and this person's been having this quiet little singing career forever. Robert De Niro? It's not Robert De Niro. Yeah, see, I, I was thinking that movie as well. Pesci. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. It's Joe Pesci. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Joe Pesci. Wow. T- uh, Super Joe, take it back to the beginning. Sounds like a woman, though. Um, yeah, and I don't know if he stylizes all of his music that way. His, his voice is not bad. Yeah, no, it's like uh, quality uh, jazz music that like you'd go to a club to hear. And it's kind of recognizable with that. Well, listen to yeah, this. Okay. I know what to say. But every time you're near, my courage disappears. I don't know if I'll get through being destroyed by you. While you're it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
It's Joe Pesci and uh, Adam Levine. It's the weirdest. Maroon four and a half. <laughs> and it's a love song sung by one of the ultimate movie tough guys. That's why I thought it was a to woman. To a movie hit guy. <laughs> or to a music hit guy. That's uh, unbelievable. You can see them both standing on the piano, you know, lounging. I guarantee you Pesci couldn't look at Adam Levine while he was singing. <laughs> make you laugh like a clown. Boy, <laughs> I amuse you. Me. Uh, Let's check in with the legend. Good morning, Orion Samuelson. Well, good morning to you, Steve Cochran, Mr. Legend, and I, I didn't think I'd be talking to you at this time of the morning, but surprises never end. You know what? Neither did I. <laughs> uh, how are you? Well, I'm doing okay, thank you. Still dealing with my lower back pain challenge, but uh, I'll, I'll find a way around that. Uh, getting ready to get on an airplane here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we'll be taking off at about uh, 8 o'clock this morning and returning to Chicago. And we'll be there through the Christmas time. But, of course, we do continue to watch the agricultural scene and the market scene, particularly as far as farmers are concerned. And we can't do an agricultural report anymore without mentioning China, because the China-U.S. situation now has been up and down for the past year. And according to the president yesterday, it may continue until after the election next year. So it's kind of a wait and see game to see what's going to happen. But, you know, China has a problem that I hope we never have. And that is the main menu item for Chinese people is pork. And 50% of the hog crop in China has been decimated this past year by African swine fever. So China has a shortage of pork. We're hoping they will come to the U.S. to get some of it, but so far they, yeah, they've increased the purchases, but not nearly as much as traders expected. So, where are they buying it? Uh, they're buying it from South America. They're getting it from Brazil. They're getting it uh, some of it from Argentina. But, you know, Brazil really had little or no agricultural activity in the world market about uh, five years ago. And then we imposed a soybean embargo on soybean shipments to Japan. Japan said, wait a minute, we need those products from the United States. And if we can't get them there, we'll find another place to do it. And they established an agricultural economy in Brazil, basically on an embargo that the United States put in place on trade. We stopped selling soybeans to them, and uh, we have watched them grow tremendously ever since. As a matter of fact, a story out earlier this week that uh, China, that uh, Brazil will plant the biggest corn acreage in the country's history. And it's planting time right now in Brazil while we're finishing up harvesting. So we keep an eye on that South American hemisphere. And uh, they have done so much in that country to improve logistics because in order to get crops to the world market, uh, they had to build roads and railroads and the ports on the Amazon have been a dramatic change for them, but uh, they are now more of a competitor for U.S. farmers than we've seen in a long time. And soybeans, uh, the, all the soybeans that went to waste this year, they got those from uh, Brazil as well in China? Yes, they did. And, uh, and of course, with the hog crop down half or uh, 50 percent, 
that cut their demand for soybeans sharply because uh, soybeans go into soybean meal and livestock feed for uh, the beef cattle, for the hogs, and also for the dairy cattle. So uh, that change has impacted uh, China. And the one thing is, they're right after the first of the year, they come into an important season for the lunar holiday when you have to have pork on your menu. And in addition to that, it's the annual gathering of the Chinese Communist Party. They have to have a lot of pork for that. Thank God we have farmers that can produce everything we need. But China right now, they can't afford uh, food shortages, uh, particularly of pork, uh, for their people because their people will get restless. You know, if it's not a politician making it harder for uh, farmers, uh, Democrats and Republicans, now we have yoga trouble. You know about this, though? The goat yoga craze may already be over. All over well, that's kind of like the ostrich and the uh, and, and the other uh, short term. Uh, the trends, right? We, we, yes. We've got flamingo yoga that could replace goat yoga. Now we had a lot of good farm goats that maybe didn't have grazing time this time of year, who could still be providing goat service and goat yoga, make a little money on the side, a little goat money, and now flamingos horning in on their territory. Oh, I don't like it. Well, I don't either. And there's another interesting story from outside the United States in Russia. They're going to start putting virtual reality uh, equipment on beef cattle and dairy cattle. Because the winters, they say, in Russia are so difficult for livestock that they're now going to put virtual reality glasses on cattle. They've already designed how they're going to make them to fit uh, on the cattle so that instead of looking at snow, they'll be looking at green grass. Is that right? That's pretty wild. It was announced last week that uh, they've conducted the first experiments and that they're going to do it because scientists there have decided it's not good for the personality of cows if they have to look at winter uh, the year round. <laughs> Seasonal affective cow disorder. Yes. Uh, big old lots of markets all day and be in touch and uh, have a good flight, sir. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. All right, talk to you soon. That's uh, Orion Samuelson, the legend. And we're back with the news coming up on 720 WGN. On the WGN Associated Bank Market Desk Outlook, the ADP private payrolls report for November comes out this morning. That'll lead off the economic reports, could move the market some. Analyst expects to see nearly 145,000 private sector jobs added last month, up from 125,000 in October. Also today, the U.S. Uh, ISM non-manufacturing index is out. Uh, earnings today from Campbell Soup and Slack uh, and the Australian GDP numbers out. Just some of the things that could move the markets on this Wednesday, December the 4th. All right, so uh, we're coming up on an important uh, day or two in uh, baseball in the White Sox, who of course are on WGN, mm-hmm. are making some noise and uh, potentially spending a boatload of money on free agents. Yeah, Who's the number one get? Well, they want to get, uh, they're looking at Zach Wheeler from what uh, all the in- indications are. He's a fireballer uh, starting pitcher from the Mets. Well, the name Cole Hamels has popped up on a couple of radar screens. Has he got well. anything left? I think he does. I think it was just a tough year for, for everybody over there on the north side last year. And 
Yeah, Nicholas Castellanos, who's a guy that's uh, certainly familiar with that division, uh, playing in Detroit all those years. I know the Cubs would like him back. The White Sox would certainly entertain thoughts of uh, of bringing him over as well. I mean, How many do you see him picking up? One, two? Well, from all the things you hear, and again, I don't have any real inside knowledge on this yet, but uh, they're looking to spend uh, and uh, at least bring in a couple of uh, high-quality starting pitchers. Yeah, well, that Mets move would be... It'd be great. Gigantic. I mean, they're going to have some company in that one, though. Yeah, $200 million down the road. Yep. So it's a lot like what we pay Andy when he fills yeah, in for Dave. I know. We've got a busy show here. we got Karen Conti coming up on The Law. Uh, and the president's scheduled to call after 7. Pat Brady and Bridget Gaynor will both be here to, to break down everything that's happened. Troy Murray after 9. And uh, the Madrigal Singers from which school are coming in, Super Joe? What school is it? They're uh, from Woodstock High School. Oh, we love those guys. Oh, we oh, sure yeah. do. And girls. They're awesome. Yep. Yeah, they're tremendous. So they'll be on to sing live after uh, 8 o'clock this morning. Let's do the top six at 6 uh, right now, and because uh, there's things you need to know. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the top six at 6. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables <laughs> will be talking about today. <laughs> Item number one, multiple Chicago police employees are under investigation for allegedly engaging in a widespread cover-up to protect then-Superintendent Eddie Johnson and cover up the circumstances surrounding the October 17th drinking and driving incident that led to Mayor Lori Lightfoot firing Johnson uh, over it after he lied about it. Uh, This is just a couple of weeks before he was scheduled to retire. Eddie Johnson did issue a statement yesterday about his dismissal and said this, and I quote, I did not intentionally mislead or deceive the mayor or the people of Chicago. I acknowledge that I made a poor decision and had a lapse of judgment on the night of October 16th. That was a mistake, and I know that. I don't think it'll be left there, um, but certainly, you know, there's two sides to every story. Sometimes there's more than two. Uh, but again, I just I keep repeating what I keep saying, and that's we wish uh, Eddie Johnson the best. Uh, next, Chicago police announced yesterday their latest arrest for illegally selling guns and drugs through private Facebook groups and complained that the social media platform has not been cooperating with the department's ongoing undercover investigation. Officers infiltrated seven Facebook groups recently and made 147 undercover purchases. A total of 65 people were identified in the group, 53 of them now in custody and two being sought in arrest warrants. Uh, Facebook uh, counters by saying uh, they almost immediately take down gun-selling pages, and they're much better at it than they're getting credit for. Yeah, well, you saw the other part of that story, too, Steve, is that Facebook took down the police uh, fake sites as well right. uh, for privacy concerns, so hindering the police from doing the further investigation. It's, it's stunning how yeah. bad Facebook and the other social media sites are at just uh, kind of cooperating and, and helping stop crime. Uh, next, House Impeachment Inquiry opens a new phase today as the Judiciary Committee holds a hearing aimed at deciding whether to recommend articles of impeachment against President Trump. The hearing is going to focus on constitutional grounds for impeachment, including the meaning of high crimes and misdemeanors from the Constitution. And that's what uh, uh, will cover the president potentially being removed. There are a number of things that came out of the report yesterday that indicate um, a lot of problems here. Here's a quote. If left unanswered, President Trump's ongoing effort to thwart Congress's impeachment power risks doing grave harm to the institution of Congress, the balance of power between our branches of government, the constitutional order that the president and every member of Congress have sworn to protect and defend. And that's just part of it. Next, Senator Kamala Harris is out. Can't afford to go on. Doesn't have money to run her campaign. Who's going to benefit remains to be seen. Next, 
Disney unveiled a new collection of Baby Yoda toys, but none of the items are going to be available for Christmas. They'll be available for purchase in the spring of next year for 24 bucks. The interest in the collection came from a breakout character in the new Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, which saw fans immediately drawn to Baby Yoda. How could you not know Baby Yoda would be a hit? He's kind of cute, actually. Well, of course. Yeah. And finally this. If you have a dog and the dog starts a fire, is it the dog's fault or your fault? Um, every once in a while, you hear a story about a dog saving a family from fire. 25 miles east of London is a town where a dog sensed that there was some bread in a package inside the microwave. So he got up on the microwave, turned the microwave on. The problem is he couldn't open the door. The bread burned. And eventually, because of one of those in-house video camera setups and apps on the phone, the owner of the house realized his house was on fire. He got the fire department over. The dog's okay. The house will survive as well. And the message is, don't store bread in your microwave. This is the first thing I did with my dog when he was a puppy, was teach him not to start fires. Right. You have to. Don't play with matches, no gasoline, (laughs) no no And be careful who you hang out with. Right. We're getting uh, into that uh, year-end list thing that goes on, and a bunch of them are out. I noticed, Steve, yesterday that, is it Webster's came out with their word of the year? Uh, I believe it was dictionary.com. Okay. And it was a word of the year that I only heard about twice this year. Hmm. Do you remember the word? Uh, Existential. Yeah. Uh, Who says existential? I've heard it a number of times on different newscasts. Because Bertrand's trying to impress people? Well, I I hear it a lot on... um, So you wouldn't hear it much on Fox News, but I've heard it a lot on CNN, and uh, I've heard people say it on uh, MSNBC as well. So uh, they're discussing the political climate in the country, an existential threat to the country. That's the phrase I hear a lot. You know, we were just talking about drink works. You know what existential is? Existential is the guy who looks at the wine, tastes the wine, and notes the hint of an oaky taste, <laughs> an oaky flavor, with just hints of grape leaves and other nonsense. I think um, you're thinking of somebody else. But that's existential. Existential, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about the definition of existential. You start throwing the word existential into your vocabulary, it's time for you to go home. Sounds like a good name for a breakfast restaurant. Meanwhile... Oh, E-G-G-S, existential, yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't been done. (laughs) It's a snooty word. (laughs) Exactly. Snooty word. Snooty. Uh, Oreo has announced the inspiration for its latest mystery flavor. A lot of people thought French toast. French toast Oreos, do we really need that? Well, good news is they didn't make them yet. doesn't mean they won't. But an Instagram post shared yesterday, the makers of Oreos revealed the brand new Oreo flavor that you've been wondering about is churro. Huh? Oreo churro. You know the little uh, Mexican treat? little cinnamon sugar C- on it? Cinnamon sugar stick that you could have at a state fair or a carnival? Churro flavored Oreos. Ooh. I, 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 do, I, do we need that? How's that going to be in the milk? I, I don't know. Not good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have to say that I'm against it. So, uh, 312-9817-200 is the number you can call or text uh, anytime. I barely have checked in with you guys. Everybody okay? You know, after 9 o'clock, I don't see or talk to anybody. Um, so I like to check in with you live on the air so we don't have to have long conversations <laughs> off the air. <laughs> Andy's filling in for Dave again. Mm-hmm. You're okay? I'm good. Thanks for good, asking. Good. Yeah. Steve, you're okay? Uh, we're okay. We uh, The news from this morning had a drill about uh, whether or not we have the on or off button on the uh, console here because of yesterday at five o'clock so we now know how to turn on the board the uh, control board here 
Do we know? Yesterday morning at the start of the show at five, there was two minutes of dead air because somebody unplugged the, the gerbil's treadmill. <laughs> uh, but uh, do we know why there's an on-off button? <laughs> I mean, does it seem like Shouldn't something that should be at all the time? Right. It, it seems like a, a hand grenade thrown into a crowded uh, a group right? of people. But the button, so if you are sitting here and you want to do something off of the air, you're going to do, produce something off of the air. So yeah, like, record a story or if, something. Uh, yeah, one of our reporters wants to record a story or something that will turn the button off so that it doesn't go out over the air, mm. but still is able to record in the on the soundboard here. So that's what happened. Yes. Have we uh, at any point determined who the criminal is that uh, caused this problem? Yeah. We, we have a very good idea who the criminal is, and I, my understanding is that person has been talked to. The okay. yogurt fairy. But uh, we also have run through the... So everybody here knows now what the possibility could be. If it's if we're not getting sound, we know what button to press. We also found out that anytime it seems like I screwed up, it was somebody else's fault. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because everybody was looking at Joe yesterday morning, like, Joe, fix it. <laughs> right, because why can't you, Joe? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and Mary, you're fine. It's my morning check-in, Mary. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm gonna have some yogurt now. Would okay. You like some? No, no, I'm fine. Good, because I've done enough. Team. And uh, we're trying to figure out when we could get together for each year. I have everybody uh, join uh, me for for you know a holiday lunch mm-hmm. because we don't do dinners because it's too late. Too in the late day. today. Yeah. Um, and putting that schedule together is uh, not exactly the easiest thing in the world, especially with Edit, because Edit's yeah, got basketball games. Edit's yeah. schedule. He's like, I can do every day, but this, 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 yeah. this, this. I, okay, that's about There's like three days. days he's available between now and, and, and spring. <laughs> it's the truth. Go catch. Yeah. So um, we've had to take the um, holiday uh, get-together and do something I'm against, and that's push it into January. Ooh. Because I don't like the holiday parties that are in January. Yeah. Holiday parties should be in the month of December. Yeah, it's like people sending the Christmas cards after Christmas, yeah. the New Year's cards. Yeah. Nah. There's like, a time, there's a like season. Yeah. It's like a leftover party. Yeah, this right? feels like a real yeah. Scrooge move, too, by the way. I just, you know, not very happy holidays feeling. What are you talking about? How's it my fault? Well, well it's not your fault, but it just feels like now that we have to wait till January, I mean... Should we have individual lunches with everyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is one less week between Thanksgiving oh, and true. Christmas this yeah. year, so it's yeah. really screwing up everybody, especially me. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have enough time to shop. Well, we have regular contributors to the show, too, and now we've got to figure out if I'm going to invite them. Um, you know, I mean, I like them. Do we usually invite them? Uh, I don't remember, to be honest with you. Oh. <laughs> and and in the past, what would happen is because I don't like when other people pick up the check. It doesn't make me a good person or a bad person. It's just who I am. And uh, um, the guy that used to run this place, uh, Jimmy DeCastro, w- wouldn't let anyone pay but him. I mean, like you know, I, I, Warren Buffett would come through town. <laughs> well, maybe you should invite him again. The check. <laughs> So Jimmy picked up the check one year, and then the guy that used to um, uh, run this place, Todd Manley, uh, picked up the check a couple of years. I can guarantee you it's on me this year. <laughs> so let's find a date where we can all go, shall we? And then we'll report back to you on the wild holiday lunch that we have <laughs> planned. Are we going to get a movie out of this? Uh, what do you mean? Dinner and a movie. Come oh, on. dinner and a movie? <laughs> yeah? Well, it depends on what my expectations are at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, Frozen 2. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to be off the next couple of days. End of the year. What? <laughs> 
Bob Surratt is is doing both shows, right? Is Surratt filling in both things? Sir, Bob Surratt will be here both tomorrow and Friday. Um, and I love Bob. He's a fabulous guy. Um, and uh, he, when he and Marianne um, exited here, they ended up on LS for for about a year and couldn't take that, understandably. And uh, it'll be just be nice to have Surratt back here. I know he's filled in for Roe a couple of times, but I just remember vividly Bob Surratt telling me almost every day, I don't know how you do it. I'd never get up and do a show at that hour. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, if you think I'm whiny at this hour, stand by. Surratt may be a little tired when he gets in here uh, for tomorrow and Friday's show. Oh, and by the way, I'll be back on Monday. Uh, much to the chagrin of uh, Stadler, Stadler and Waldorf, uh, who continue to text me this morning how much they hate the show. Uh, hate the show. <laughs> they hate the show and listen every morning. Thank you for that. It is 638. We'll get with Karen Conti here as soon as possible. Uh, efforting that right now. So amongst the topics we will discuss is the snowball throwing ban in Wisconsin. Uh, Andy, this came up yesterday on the yep. show, as you know. And the idea being, if you're in Wausau, um, feel free um, to um, withhold all missiles, rocks, arrows, and snowballs <laughs> from throwing them at friends and neighbors. Uh-huh. Especially if they're on a public sidewalk. That's the question, right? So if I'm in my own yard with my own snow, and I make a snowball, and you're walking down a sidewalk, mm-hmm. and I want to ping you in the head, why can't I do it? Yeah. It's a question of, uh, is it origin or where it lands? Now you're getting into the legal See, stuff. There you go. That's why we need a lawyer. Uh, we'll also talk to Karen about Pete Davidson, um, the Saturday Night Live weird-looking little dude who um, continues to date stunningly beautiful yes. women, by the way. Um, I, I don't even know how to get into that. But uh, Pete Davidson, in his last couple of gigs, including one here in Chicago last weekend, uh, asked the entire audience to sign non-disparagement uh, and non-disclosure arrangements. So I'll ask Karen about that, too. Is Karen with us? All right. Let's grab this right now, then. Go to Karen Conte. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm doing fine. What's the number at the office? 312-332-7800 or WGN at AskKarenConte.com. We'll come back to the snowball question. That's obviously the biggest legal story. Uh, Pete Davidson wanting an NDA from the audience. Um, look, it's hard to protect your own material. And people come in with phones, and there's some artists who have tried blocking the phones or insisting that you you know, have your phone turned off. I mean, there's lots of ways that people are experimenting with trying to stop this. But where are we legally with it? Well, from a legal standpoint, I guess I don't have a problem with that because you don't want people uh, selling or stuff that might be copyrightable, that type of thing. But his non-disclosure goes farther. It says that you can't say anything bad or you can't comment on the quality of his show after the show. No, which is ridiculous. And, it, and you sign that and, and, and you, uh, you're you basically liable for a million dollars if you do that. Well, who's going to go to see a comedian who might be... You know, doing what most comedians do, which is to skewer the world and then not allow people to say something bad about your act. I, that does, doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, from anything. a legal standpoint, anything. from a legal standpoint, he can do whatever he wants. It's a contract. You come to the show. Here are the qualifications. Here are the restrictions. You sign it, and you're bound by it. Now, what would a court do with that? I don't think a court would like it, but I think it probably would be enforceable. 
Uh, those who purchased tickets were reportedly emailed about the NDAs a few hours before the show and were encouraged to save time at the venue by printing and signing the documents ahead of time. Customers were told that anyone unable or unwilling to sign would not be allowed to enter the show and would be offered a full refund. Well, the fact that he did it sort of last minute is probably something that would go toward it not being enforceable. The other thing is, too, like, would it really be a million dollars? I mean, is that really what his damages are if, if someone went out and said something bad about his act? I think the whole thing is kind of distasteful. I think, you know, maybe in the future we're going to see laws that prohibit this kind of thing. People talk about First Amendment. This isn't First Amendment because this is private or, you know, a private person, a private company. Um, and First Amendment, as we know, only applies to governmental action when they try to restrict your rights. So clearly that's not a First Amendment issue, but it just strikes us as wrong that we can't go enjoy something and say we don't like it. <laughs> um, Pete's got some um, anger issues. And uh, I think he's an entertaining guy, and uh, he's got a very interesting personal story. His dad was amongst the first responders killed on 9-11. Um, I didn't know that. But um, he's got some anger. Um, and uh, he did a show in Central Florida at the University of Central Florida, UCF. And on stage, he noticed a lot of people were you know, taking their phones out, taking pictures and stuff. And uh, he went nuts on them. And said, whenever somebody else comes to your effing town and is exhausted and flies all the way to the middle of effing nowhere to do jokes for you privileged little a-holes, don't effing ruin the show for people who actually want to be here. You know, I got to tell you, I've been on a lot of stages in the last 40 years. That's not exactly a way you warm up the crowd. <laughs> no, I, and, and one of the one of the things in comedy that you know, Steve, and I know is uh, growing up with a father who was a professional comedian is you got to get the audience to like you on some level, whether you're Don right. Rickles right. or whoever you are. They laugh because they like you, and when you start saying things like that, that that's kind of that's not that, that very stupid. You don't need a lawyer to tell you that. <laughs> Pete said that uh, he's going to refuse to do college shows anymore because uh, there's no respect and you can't talk about anything. The second you open your mouth and have an opinion, you lose money uh, because there's not a safe place for them to live in. Uh, yeah, listen, well, if you, you hate know, an audience, look, don't go. But <laughs> I mean, look at what he's doing. He's making them sign an agreement yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're not going to talk about it. So, you know, that that it's kind of ironic, I guess I should say. And it's not really a fair comparison to the Louis C.K. thing. I'm not defending anything Louis C.K. has done, um, but what he does on stage is um, tries to insist that you don't steal his material. And he does it in a number of different ways, including some of the cell phone blocking technology that's out there that Beyonce and other people have used as well. Now, people think because you're an artist on any level that it's okay to take your stuff. It's okay to steal your music. It's okay to whatever. It's no different than walking into a Walgreens, grabbing something, shoving it in your coat, and walking out. It's not yours. You don't own it. You're taking money out of the artist's pocket. Well, and the interesting thing is, though, that sometimes and we had this uh, lawsuit with Conan O'Brien where he was sued because someone said that they made up a joke and that he used it and didn't pay him. Well, the idea is a lot of comedians come up with the same type of joke or the same right. kind of line about a topical issue because comedians kind of think alike and being funny, uh, you know, doesn't mean that someone else can't be funny in the same way. So, you know, there's a thin line there and how do you protect yourself? I get it. You know, once you do an act and it's all over the Internet, that those jokes are done. You've got to right. now get new material, which is hard for a comedian. Um, and tell everybody who your dad is, or was, I should say. Oh, my father was a stand-up comic. He was a nightclub uh, comic. He played in the 
Playboy clubs for years in Chicago and across the country, and uh, he performed in nightclubs and conventions and state fairs, and he was uh, he was quite a little uh, yeah. entertainer. And a good man. Uh, it's Carrot Top. And a good man. Carrot Top was Karen Conti's father. <laughs> no, what, uh, what, what was his stage name? Uh, Richard Pryor. No, no, it was, it was, people look at me and they think, no, I don't think so. Uh, it, Joe Conti was his name. Yes, that's right. And I'm sure many in the audience saw him at some point. All right, back on the Steve Cochran Show. It is, how many days? 335 days till the election next year. This is show number 1,497. So if you do the math, next Wednesday will be show number 1,500 because I'm off the next two days. Or do we count the shows when I'm not here? No. I certainly do not. Yeah, good call by you. Karen Conti's back with us. We're talking about the big stories in the news, in the law this week. Uh, the former Hamilton musical director um, has had a fight with the Hamilton people and the Chicago Federation of Musicians over being fired. Says the union didn't back him up. Paid a hundred grand or more in union dues. Thought he'd have legal representation. And he did not. Who's right here? I don't know. This is a tough one because usually you know if you're a union member. If you're a union member, uh, you get the union protection, meaning if you're terminated, you have a procedure and you get a lawyer appointed for you who's going to represent you. Uh, he, uh, he said he's a member of the union because he's been paying union dues for years. They're saying, no, he was a supervisor. And usually supervisors who are in management, of course, are not under the collective bargaining agreement. So this Camila is black or white. Was he a member of the union? Was he paying dues? And did he get his uh, representation? The problem is, what are his damages? If he was fired for whatever reason he was fired, would that lawyer have gotten him back to work and or was he fired for appropriate reasons? I, I guess we'll never know because he didn't get his representation. I don't know that this is going anywhere. It sounds like to me... Um, a little sour grapes here. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, what I don't understand is because you've taught us for years that this is an at-will work state and you can be fired at any time for any reason. But if you have a contract, the contract, uh, uh, what's written in the contract has to be um, honored by both parties. So That's I, right. I, I, is this a contract dispute? Uh, because of there, there's specific language in the contract that would cover firing, right? But this is a question of whether he even gets those contract rights, because if he's not covered by the union contract because he's in management or supervisory position, then he doesn't get any of those protections and he can be fired without any procedure or any representation. So the question is not really over the procedure. It's whether he even gets the procedure. So, again, wherever you work, if you don't want to get fired or you want to get fired with protection, get a contract immediately, including if you're working the Popeye's drive through selling the chicken sandwiches. Karen will represent you. Um, I will do that. <laughs> Elon Musk has a really big mouth, and uh, sometimes it costs him a lot of money. And he's not above tweeting stupid things. He's clearly a genius. I mean, the guy has phenomenal uh, uh, ideas and things that are popping out of his head all the time. And the Tesla is uh, an unbelievable car. Having said all that, when you tweet something that accuses someone else of being a pedophile and throw around names like pedo guy, I mean, he's got to pay, doesn't he? Right, and this is a case of the guy uh, who rescued the 12 boys and their soccer coach from that cave in uh, Thailand. Right. And the guy who helped um, get these boys out, to me, is a hero. But for some reason, Elon Musk focused on him and called him a pedo man or pedophile or whatever he called him, some some little pet name for a uh, pedophile. Yeah, pedo and, guy. And he kept, 
keto guy, he kept at it, and, uh, you know, he just wouldn't stop it. I don't even understand his basis for doing it. I don't understand why he thought it was important for him to do it or to knock down some guy who uh, obviously knew what he was doing and got these kids out. Anyway, the case is going to a jury trial, and it looks to me like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of suing people for defamation when someone says something you don't like, but this guy, Elon Musk, was saying it all over internationally and then wouldn't stop. And then he stopped, and then he kept up again and defended his position. And this guy sued him, and the case is going to trial. Is there any indication or reason to believe that Mr. Unsworth, the uh, the alleged wronged individual here, has some issue of pedophilia? Well, that would come up. I mean, clearly the defense for Elon Musk is, I said what was true. And if he does have a record for being a pedophile, I kind of think we would have known that right? somehow. Some journalist would have done a little digging and found out that he had some issue. My guess is that this is just a, a stupid uh, tweet that had, and you know, a tweet that had no basis in the beginning, and then he had to defend it later, and uh, and now here we are. But again, most people don't have the money to bring these suits. People think someone says something false about me, I'm going to just hire a lawyer. Well, two hundred thousand dollars later, you really you know can't afford to do that, um, and that's unfortunate when people say things that harm you personally and professionally. Yeah, it's not about your feelings being hurt. It's about sustaining damages that uh, cost you money or cost you standing. Absolutely. And the one other thing you have to know is that when these lawsuits are brought, it sort of perpetuates that defamation. And in that, I probably wouldn't have known that Elon Musk right. said this, but for the fact that I'm reading in CNN Business that this lawsuit is going forward this week. So, of course, we're all going, could it be true? Right. So, again, it's perpetuating that defamation. Yeah, we have great ratings here in the Chicago area, and we thank the people that listen every morning very much for that. I believe we're big in Wausau as well. And in Wausau comes our biggest legal story, Karen, and that is that Wausau has outlawed the public throwing of snowballs on any public property. You can't do it on sidewalks, city streets, and school, public parking lots. You can't do it. So my question is, Karen, if Andy Mazur's walking down the street and I want to ping him in the side of the head with a snowball, can I throw it from my yard? You know, probably you can. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> this is just a strange thing. I mean, I, I think it's funny, but, you know, let's, let's do it technically because this is, you know, what my job is, I suppose. Uh, if you throw something at someone and it's harmful, that's a battery, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, a contact that's unwanted and that's harmful. So even though I, Andy deserved you, it. You, even though probably, Andy deserved yeah. it, you crack him in the face, he gets a broken nose, <laughs> now he has to get his nose fixed right. again. Right. And so so now, of course, uh, he has the lawsuit against you. So throwing snowballs at someone is probably a battery, unless you consent to it, meaning you're having a snowball fight, in which case you've consented to that, quote, harmful contact, and so therefore it's not a battery. But to a lot, sure they can do that. Why not? I mean, it would probably be something that they could deem to be a safety measure, but the problem is there could be a snowball effect. Look what you did there. Now, and you're better than that, by the way. I can hear Joe spinning. You. <laughs> um, you know, here, here's the thing. Snowball fights can be fun. Yeah. You know, throwing snowballs at each other can be a good time. I think there's a money-making opportunity here in Wausau. You have, whoever's got the biggest lot, invite everybody over for a couple of bucks to whip snowballs at each other. Come on, well, people, people. People people who didn't even want to throw snowballs are now going to go, now I kind of feel like I want to go out and do that. Right, right. Yeah. I can't have the man holding me down when it comes to throwing <laughs> snowballs. I won't have it. What's can't... next? They're going to prohibit the building of snowmen. Oh, 
snow because angels. That would be trespassing. What right? about if they stop me from spelling my name in the snow? Huh? Well, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, public indecency. That, they already have one for that. Actually, public property. <laughs> they should stop me from doing that. Uh, Karen, delightful as always. What's the number at the office? 312-332-7800 or WGN at AskKarenConti.com. And when there's no sports on Sunday nights, Karen's on the radio. All right. It is uh, the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom, where we will be when we come back. All right. 709, Pat Brady's here. And uh, Pat, along with the uh, regular duties he has at his fine company, which is called what, Pat? Next Generation Strategies. You also help uh, run the Lincoln Forum. And what is the Lincoln Forum? Lincoln Forum is a public policy forum founded by me, uh, Eric Edelstein, and Tracy Slutskin from River Strategies, trying to provide a non Partisan form to have discussions of the day, so I have discussions without being jerks to one another. Here's the thing: the problems at the city club are pretty well known now. Yeah, so, federal search warrants usually a problem. Yeah, so with the city club not having uh, maybe the same sort of thump with their big monthly speeches, why can't the Lincoln Forum pick up some of that? Uh, we are, in fact, uh, we're. I think we're going to have a great year next year. We're planning out the schedule. We're going to get some of the biggest names in public policy in the state. So, yeah. Speaking of this state, downstate. Um, there's rumors that at any given time, as we uh, just passed the one-year anniversary of the Ed Burke um, indictment, uh, that more could be coming. Are you hearing anything about that? Uh, I'd tell you, but I'd have to kill you. That makes sense. <laughs> but I am, yes, I hear there's more. been hearing that, though. You know how these things go. Everybody's got a friend who's got a friend that says that this is coming down tomorrow. But I talked to some friends who have friends that actually are usually pretty accurate that say there might be some tomorrow. Um, there's not that many legislators in Springfield. It is a finite number. Can we save some time if we just pick them all up? Well, it's interesting. Uh, yesterday, I went to a great forum at the federal courthouse that the uh, Historical Society put on there. It was all the Greylord prosecutors, Dan Webb, Dan Reedy, uh, Judge uh, Tom Durkin, and the others. And they talked about this list of attorneys that were the, the favorite attorneys that had the bag men and all the corruption that went on there. And I was sitting next to a guy who who's followed that closely, too. We both said the parallels to that investigation and what's going on now, it could be that type of scope, a gray lord, an Operation Gambit that took down the, the first ward. So we'll wait and see what happens. But the directionally, it looks that's like that's where the feds may be going. Uh, Bridget Gaynor will join us shortly. She's in the PPG Paints Green Room. The president will be calling. And uh, you and I are going to have to discuss, uh, you know, the elephant in the room. And by that, I mean the one with the orange hair. Uh, because the impeachment uh, hearings for the Judiciary Committee uh, start in a couple of hours, well, about an hour now, and uh, we expect to see the same sort of posing and, uh, and speech-making that goes on in all of these hearings. But I want to get your take and Bridget's take on where this goes. Because okay? it's been a mess. Oh, and also we need to talk about Eddie Johnson. Yes. So, uh, who I think you agree with me, we both like, personally. Absolutely. Yeah. So Where's we, Bridget? Uh, we, well, she was in the PPG paint screen room. What's she, what's she doing? Well, she was painting. <laughs> what, finger paint? Paint by numbers? <laughs> yeah, we do a paint by numbers thing in there for all guests. Mr. Bridget. But you never go there. I'm you just very, come straight in. I'm very artistic. You just didn't know that about yeah, me. That's exactly right. What's Good morning. Your, how are you? I'm good. Lillian is, my daughter is 16 years old today. Happy so, birthday! Wow. Driving or... No, they don't want their license. I, I know. Get it. I started driving when I, I was had, like 12. I got my license on my birthday. I was I like was standing there in line right after school. You, mean, you a, didn't have your I'm taking the car, Dad. I'm 12 years old because you're out to dinner <laughs> license like I had. Well, where you well grew I mean, there up. was that, but but you that that's like an age flexor. You do, you could, you know. I could drive a Ford Pinto stick shift when I was 13. <laughs> yeah. 
I used to drive my father and home. That has served you well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's only sad because it's true. Yeah. Uh, well, happy birthday. What's I the big know. plan? Uh, Indian food, because she's also become a vegetarian. Uh, about two months ago, which is creating a whole like, I'm like, I, okay. What does I, that exactly mean? I'm not, I don't, I'm not an awesome cook to begin with, but I've figured it out over the course of cooking for people for 30 years. <clears throat> and now I got to figure out how to do that, which is different. So. Some carrots, right? That's what they eat. We have a lot of... Uh, Plus, I have a son who's like a blast furnace. I mean, Finn... Oh, yeah, he can eat everything. So I have to like make a meal, then there's a vegetarian sure. option, and then there's like a side of beef for him. And what mom or dad doesn't love that? What happened uh, to pot roast and meatloaf like five nights a week? Well, look, I, roast chicken... I mean, like I had a whole repertoire, and it was easy. I have a lot of Indian folks in my neighborhood. I could just knock on the door, ask them for food, and bring it to you next well, time. This, so I got her Indian cooking classes for her birthday. So the two of us are going to oh. take Indian cooking, yeah. What's so, your yeah. middle name? Lily... Lillian Quinn, my grandma's maiden name. Oh, wow. Pretty nice. nice. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, Bridget uh, is out of the PPG paint screen room (laughs) and in the studio. And we'll come back with both of these folks in just a second. Oh, and Trump's calling. Uh, Be sure to check out the CB app or hit up Facebook and tell Chicago's Best TV where you like to eat. Watch Chicago's Best Sunday at 10 p.m. on WGN-TV. Your pick may be Chicago's Best. We will, uh, we're expecting a call from the president a few moments here. But um, I want to talk about this Eddie Johnson thing for a second. Bridget Gaynor's here. And uh, Pat Brady's here. Um, um, well, yeah, your thoughts, either one of you. I mean, uh, in regards to what the mayor said, um, I think we can all agree we're all Eddie Johnson fans. And in a short amount of time that he ran the police department, the numbers were headed in the right direction. So if we start there, how did you feel about how this went down? I, I do. I repeat that. I like, I like the guy. I thought he was doing a good job as, as superintendent. And, and as far as what the mayor said, listen, she ran as a reformer. And she ran on, we're not going to do business as usual. So she had to make it a pretty aggressive statement when she fired him. And at the minute she backs off that, she's going to be criticized. And she's going to be seen as less a reformer. And the reality is, I mean, she won every ward and all but, I think, 23 precincts. So she's got to stay with that. I don't think the statement was perfect. There are some things that were said in there that probably didn't need to be said. But to me, the big story is going to be, and they're reporting it this morning, is it was there a cover-up of what happened in the time that this initially broke into today within the police department? You know, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think I think the rank and file liked him, and I think that he tried to address issues of morale, which I, I think are a problem. And, um, you know, if you drink when you're driving and they catch you and, you know, you're in a leadership position – that's not okay, and it's a fireable offense. I, I don't think we have to have this thirst for Old Testament justice when it comes to discussing things that aren't relevant to the job. And so I think... Well, know. that's where I feel the mistake was made. The mistake in yeah. the statement being made that uh, out of respect for his wife and his children, that only brings up one thing in mind. And whether Eddie Johnson was fooling around on his wife is between him and his wife. And uh, it has nothing to do with whether he's doing the job. Yeah, I I think, you know, this is the world we're living in, though. Now, everyone wants to, like, they think someone might have done something wrong, and, you know, they want to go heavy for it. And, you know, I I think that a little bit of mercy goes a long way, and all of us need it at some point in time. Could we see this coming three years ago when he said he didn't want the job? Because here's the thing. When you go from, from, well, not the specific ending, but the idea that um, maybe it wouldn't last because uh, he didn't want the job. And uh, he was a really good Chicago cop for 30 years. Um, And then he becomes one of the most famous faces in the city, one of the most famous cop faces in the country. It's tough when you go from that guy to celebrity. Yeah, but he walked right into Laquan McDonald, too. Yeah, that's true, too. One of the worst times to take that job. Well, and I also think that, 
when you get a new mayor, you you nine times out of a hundred, ninety nine out of a hundred, you get a new police superintendent because everybody needs their own crew. And I think that there's been value that the mayor's been able to come in, settle big things like the budget and some other, the CPS strike and lots of things that had to be handled. And this got to stay, you know, on on autopilot to the degree that it didn't have to be addressed right away. And now those big things are done. Plus, we got through the summer, which is murder season. We got through the summer. And so there was, I think he added an enormous amount of value in creating stability for the first, you know, six months of her tenure. Um, And now... They can focus on the police department. There's someone in in the interim spot. Um, I, you Are you guys know. hearing any names about a replacement? This guy is the replacement. No, Charlie Beck is just a temporary. So he's there for six months. He's the interim. Um, I thought that whole part was handled, you know, really smoothly. Is it a real interim or is it an interim? No, no, no. It's a real interim. It's a real interim. He retired from L.A. uh, in L.A. a while ago. He didn't want to do it anymore. Well, we joke all the time. My mom's favorite show is Blue Bloods. And so we're like, oh, my God, Tom Selleck is our our police commissioner. I bet he'd do it. (laughs) Tom Selleck? Yeah, I bet he'd do it. (laughs) Why not? We should ask him. You know who lives in St. Charles is uh, Donnie Wahlberg. You some blue bloods. Why don't we just promote Donnie? Yeah, he's my neighbor. I'll go over and ask him. <laughs> so what I'm Who's he married about? to? Uh, I go. Oh God, Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so you're I, saying there's trouble there as well before we even get started? <laughs> no, they're uh, very generous to the community. I think they're opening up a Wahlburgers out there. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Um, uh, yeah. So look, I, I'm I'm not taking shots at the mayor at all. I think the mayor did the right thing and did it quickly and sent a message. But I think he did get caught up a little bit in the message sending, and it felt a little personal on some level. Well, I don't know if you get more personal than that. Well, here's the deal. And if this is an actual uh, member of the his security detail, <laughs> then it is. I mean, yeah, that's I, 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 I don't like the personal thing either. I mean, it just it never sits well with people. But this is a city that drastically needs reform, and the, and the mayor is the former federal prosecutor. That's why she won. And maybe you do have to be a little over the line to send the message that it's not business as usual. And I'm going to take that stand, and I, you know, criticize me if you want, but that's what how I'm going to run things. And we'll, we'll see if that works, but I, I kind of like the approach. Dan's in Evanston with a question for Bridget. What do you got, Dan? Yes, hi. Bridget, um, quick question. Can you? We have a new decade coming upon us. Can you tell us a little bit about some long-term uh, plans for the county. Um, you know, it's no known secret that we're losing population here to places such as the southwest, Texas, Florida. People leaving, um, leaving, what yeah. Doing, what are we doing about the real estate taxes? And is it mm. possible to get to a 1% real estate tax cap? So we would tax, we would cap our real estate taxes at 1%. The difference is made up with the user tax. So I'm just curious what you would have to say about that. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate the call. I've advocated border guards for a long time. We've got to stop people from leaving the state. Show you know, me your advice of counsel, I advise you not to answer that. So, <laughs> uh, with this 1% yeah. versus usury tax thing has been floated for a long yeah. time. Does it work? Does anybody, has anybody run the math? Uh, it, look, I mean, Florida or California is, I think, one of the only states with a cap on property taxes. And what happens is it's like squeezing the tube of toothpaste. It, it goes somewhere else, and you've got to you know, figure out what is most fair. Now, you know, the caller's got a really good point that if you look in the south suburbs, their property taxes are so high, it it makes it almost impossible for a business and it makes home ownership really expensive. Um, One of the things, as you guys know, I do a lot around housing and affordable housing and with the land bank. And one of the things we're about to do this year for the first time, so the, the county basically controls through the scavenger sale half of all the vacant property in all of Cook County most of which exists in the neighborhoods we're losing the most population from. And so we've gone through this 
tedious three and a half year process and we're going to bring out several thousand of those properties, liberate them, get them back out into the market because you've got to have naturally occurring affordable housing. So we're we're doing our part. Um, I think looking at the tax stuff has to happen and it has to happen statewide. Later, loser. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> perfect timing. Live Later, from London. Uh, good morning, Mr. President. How are you? Good morning, Catherine. Hey, great to be with me again. I'm calling from one of those red phone booths, so if this goes longer than five minutes, I might have to deposit a few more shillings. Got it. Got it. Uh, you know what? By the way, did you have a nice Cyber Monday? I forgot to ask. I, I heard nasty Nancy Pelosi caused the Yankee Candle website to crash. <laughs> did not, you know that? You got a lot on your mind. Uh, listen, you got to be a little jet lagged. Trip to London for the NATO summit, Afghanistan last week, surprise trip to the troops. How was that, by the way? It was great. And I will tell you, it was incredibly brave of me to fly into the war zone like <laughs> that. It really was. Not only that, it was a totally top secret visit. Top secret. Nobody knew I was coming. It was a top secret mission that we called Operation Tangerine Ninja. Yeah, they were so, so glad to see sure. me there. And we, we snuck out as fast as we flew in. It was a good thing, too, because we were able to get out just in the nick of time, right before they had their gigantic doorbuster deals at the Kandahar Walmart. Right, right. Who needs that traffic? Now, we mentioned your trip to England for the NATO summit, and you meet with the Queen when you're there. Is that right? Yes, it's always great seeing Her Majesty, the Mummy Queen. Is that how you say it? No, mummy, the Queen Mummy. That's queen Mummy. That's actually Queen Elizabeth's mother, sir, who's passed. Do you mean the Queen Mum? I know what I meant, Mike. I just don't like to abbreviate. It's very disrespectful. I like the Royals, Cochran. I really do. And that Prince Charles, he has a really great voice. Have you heard him talk? I mean, seriously, he would sound tremendous in one of those reverse mortgage commercials. He really would. Well, his brother may be headed there. Uh, listen, the NATO summit, how's it actually going? Boring. <laughs> you know, I actually thought my aide said we were going to the Shark NATO Summit. You know, like a Comic Con for the people who like that movie. Right. You pay money to stand in line, get a picture with Tara Reid. Right. I would have totally done that. Even though she's not as hot as the American Pie days, I'd totally give her a solid six and a half. That's big of you. Uh, switching topics, the impeachment report came out yesterday. 300 pages of bad news for you. Can you believe this nonsense? This thing is such a rambling mess, Cochran. It feels twice as long as that movie, The Irishman. <laughs> Seriously. This stuff keeps getting more and more absurd. First, follow with me, it was the witch hunt. Witch hunt. Then it was the hoax. Hoax. Then it was the sham. Sham. Then it was a ruse. Ruse. And now it's gone so far that it's a full-fledged fix. Fix. Full-fledged fix. There's no. There's so many reports, it's hard to keep up. And I will tell you, if Pencil Neck Schiff, Nasty Nancy Pagrosi, and Jerry Gonadler start together in a reality show, it'd be called Schmuck Dynasty. Look, bottom line is this, Cochran. I did nothing wrong. Nothing. Matter of fact, if you ask people, lots of people say this, they will tell you, out of all the presidents in history that have done nothing wrong, I'm the one who has done nothing wrong the most. Okay, the most. Okay. And it's not Jerry Gonadler, sir, but we can talk another time about that. A new poll says that there are a majority of Republicans that think you're a better president than Abraham Lincoln. You know what? I'm extremely humbled by that, and I completely agree with him. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Lincoln was a tremendous guy, but I am so much better looking. You know, he was rail thin with that Amish beard that had no mustache, and the goofy Monopoly guy hat he always wore. Right. I mean, 
seriously, Abe was a good president, but I like presidents who weren't assassinated, okay? Which is why you'll never catch me watching a play. Have you been to a play? They're terrible, <laughs> especially cats. Yeah. I would never go to see something so boring, which I'm going to be the president for a long, long time because I'm not going to a play. Yeah, Believe the, me. The cats thing. Once again, we found something we agree on. Uh, yeah, any compliment uh, for Senator Kamala Harris on her decision or just a comment in general? You know, that's a shame, because I, I like Kamala. I liked her. She looked way sexier in a pantsuit than Crooked Hillary ever did. And now with her and uh, Montana Governor Steve Bullock out, the Democrats have narrowed down the field to just 37 candidates. Yeah, in all fairness, it's a good thing she dropped out when she did, because beating Kamala in the polls was beginning to be like beating the Detroit Lions. Everyone's been doing it. Yeah, even the Bears. Listen, uh, Kid Rock went a little nuts over the weekend. Went after Oprah, a bunch of other people... Uh, had to be escorted off stage, made a drunken, expletive-lated rant. Um, any comment on that? Yeah, I heard what he said. And actually, we may use some of that for our new Trump 2020 uh, T-shirts and red hats. <laughs> Let, let's be sure to order those, Mike. Well, maybe we should run it by the lawyers first, sir. Nah, just do it. Look, Kid Rock is one of my favorite white trash rock stars. He really is, Cochran. And I was very impressed with how he handled himself under pressure. So I'm officially naming Kid Rock special envoy in our Taliban talks. Mm. He's the greatest American hero next to Joe Dirt. <laughs> let me tell you, he's known for his really smart lyrics. I think that's what I like about him. How does that one song go, Pence? Oh, you mean ball with the ball, the bang, the bang, diggy, diggy, shake the boogie, set up, jump the boogie? Wow. Great. Great job, Mike. I even moved my hands like a rapper. Did you see that, sir? I saw that. Nicely done. <laughs> Last thing, Joe Biden seen biting his nails while uh, Jill, his wife, was speaking to support. Did you see that? Oh, you mean he biting Jill's finger? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And in all fairness, I got to give Sleepy Joe some props. He's always coming up with new and innovative ways to be creepy. <laughs> Frankly, I'm surprised he was able to physically pull it off, you know, to get the finger in there with his foot already in his mouth. Oh, sure, yeah, look what you hey, did there. Now, Cochran, you want to know what else bites besides Joe Biden? What's that? His poll numbers. Oh, look what you did there. Yeah. Uh, listen, we appreciate the time, as always. You know how busy you are. Hey, before I go, real quick, I need your opinion on a Christmas gift idea. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe you could ask Mary in traffic. Mm -hmm. What do you think about getting a uh, getting a Peloton exercise bike for Melania? Perfect gift for women, am I right? I'm going to touch that, sir. I think she looks pretty good. Hey, she could stand to lose a few. <laughs> <sighs> Goodbye, Mr. President. Later, loser. <laughs> you can tell he said it with a British accent. Oh, Headlines uh, next, 720 WGN. Bob Serrat will be here tomorrow on Friday, uh, filling in for me, and I'll be back on Monday. All right, Pat Brady is here, and Bridget Gaynor uh, is here as well. I want to read you something from the um, the House uh, Intelligence Committee report that came out yesterday, uh, now that it's being sent over to judiciary. This seems to, like it kind of sums it up. Here's a quote. The impeachment inquiry has found that President Trump, personally and acting through agents within and outside the U.S. government, solicited the interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, to benefit his reelection and in furtherance of the scheme. President Trump conditioned official acts on a public announcement by the new Ukrainian president of politically motivated investigations, including one into President Trump's domestic political opponent. Well, there's your business plan. I mean, that's just, that's the summary right there. It's clear he did it. But my 
position's been all along. Impeachment's a bad idea. Now we have the Intel Committee that spent the last three years focusing on this and other things. And we have all this stuff going on in the world right now that's not being paid attention to, particularly the Russians, who are going to try to hack into our next election. So all of this distraction, and it's on both sides, is not good for the country. And I'm not excusing his conduct i've said all along it's an abuse of power what he did but the reality is we're not getting things done we need to get done as a country but the reason we're not getting things done is because both parties are using this as an excuse to not get things done there's a stack of bills in mitch mcconnell's office that he hasn't acted on and there's stuff the democrats have slow walked as well well if you look back to what bill clinton did when he was in the same hot box he actually put it in a box and got a lot of things done and when the day that he got impeached he had a 56 percent approval rating so i'd probably be smarter for democrats to focus on that rather than answering to the and they've got a problem with the far left part of the Democratic Party. It's demanding this. But to me, it's just it's all bad news. If you go back in history, in 73, this is what was going on. And we ignored, Oren was talking about this morning, we ignored trying to deal with inflation. When Clinton did it, uh, the al-Qaeda was was being built up. And who knows what we're ignoring now, but it's just, just uh, the whole thing is bad. Pat Brady's here, Bridget Gaynor's here, and uh, Andy Major's here for uh, Dave Ennett. Um, as we continue, look, we uh, swim in this pool. We talk about this stuff all the time. We think about this stuff all the time. Bridget, the Democrats, to me, have told a very, done a very poor job of telling the story here, of explaining it, explaining why Ukraine's important, explaining why the call's a big deal, all of that. And now we're getting into the Christmas season where people are a little busy. So is this going to get just lost in the sauce here, and are the Democrats going to pay a political price for how they've handled it? Look, it is really hard to execute when you're thinking about doing an impeachment in a national stage with Uh a thousand people, all of whom want their 15 minutes of fame. And I think the personal behavior of some of the people leading it, okay, was it not as great? It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily country first. Having said that, as we were kind of chatting about, what the president did was wrong. If you don't have the hearing, the average person doesn't get exposed to enough information to understand what happened and why it was wrong and who else was involved. Because the the bigger issue, it wasn't that he was on a phone call and he said some things. It was that there was a bunch of staff people involved and they lied about it later. So now the whole country knows that that happened. The hard part is you're going to go over to the Senate and they're going to say no. Sure. Also because they're thinking about themselves and their own political futures and not country first. And so you had, you know, ego-driven people on the Democratic side that that made the argument more political than it needed to be. And then you have a political decision on the Republican side in the Senate because they're thinking about themselves. Having said that, you still have to go through the motions, even if you know it's not going to execute at the end. If you don't do that, the country doesn't understand. And the next person thinks, well, you know what? Maybe they'll just think it's too high of a price and, and I'll get away with it. You've got to raise the cost for doing some of that. Well, stuff. that's the question, Pat, because a, a corrupt Democrat ends up in the White House and suddenly the rules are completely different because of the era of Donald Trump. What about that argument? Uh, I don't agree because it is a, ultimately a political process and a political decision. And I think you need, as a prosecutor does or the head of the Intel Committee does or Judiciary Committee does, you, you balance what's the good of the, for, for the country. And like Bridget just said, this this result is already set. He's not going to be removed mm-hmm. from office, no matter what happens from here on out. So why are we going through the process? These are going to be all this, these hearings and testimony. They're going to be a lot of good campaign commercials, and the president will pay a, a, a price at the polls, I think. 
Uh, but but that's all you can do. So I, I just think the whole process is bad for the country. But, uh, yeah, but you got to do it. Why? You can't just say, you can't make well, a unilateral the, decision to say, you know what? It's not unilateral. You're an elected official. You're part of a committee. We've made a decision. This is not in the best interest of the country. That We're going to explain all this during the course of the campaign. And and, and that's it. The, the, the impeachment process itself just is not good for the yeah, country. Yeah, but okay, think about the most compelling testimony. Fiona Hill and the people that came in at the very end, they're never appearing in a campaign commercial. That... That those testimonies at the end. Who was the other guy that testified just uh, right the, before her? Yeah, the, um, they yeah were, well, they wouldn't know the name anyway. But you know what we're talking were, about. They're they career were diplomats. They were credible people who have no interest in being on TV. Right. And at the end of the day, I think those final two or three people are where a lot of people watched and said. There's no reason they're making this up. And that is an important thing for people to see, because it's not Nancy Pelosi's job to say, I know there was a crime committed, but I don't want to pay a political price or I think it's going to be too hard. It's not not that. It's what's in the best interest of the country. And I agree. I watched all the testimony. It was compelling. It's clear what he did was abuse of his power. But there needs to be a decision made. What is in the best interest of the country? And this hearing is not in the best interest of the country. You don't think it was the best interest of the country for Fiona Hill and those other people to say this is what happened and this is why it is important. And they can do that. And they can do that in the course of an intel hearing or even a judiciary committee hearing. But to institute proceedings to remove the president of the United States, which takes all the focus off anything else and onto this, is not in the best interest of the country. Okay, but what part of the Constitution do you do pay attention to if you don't pay attention to this? There is a discretion that you have in these positions of whether or not to go forward. I'm not defending He completely did it. It was a complete abuse of, of, of his power. But we're a year out from an election, so we're going to spend the next six months or five months dealing with this. We have other things that are more important than what the president did. Well, I believe the Democrats have been run over by the Republican Party again and again and again. Mitch McConnell with Merrick Garland absolutely ignored the Constitution. So are the Democrats, if they didn't go through with this, just going to look like the lapdogs of the Republicans one more time? Because they already look pretty weak. Well, the thing is, I don't think anybody at this point has paid a political price. Even with that compelling testimony, the numbers didn't change at all on who wants the president removed. It's pretty much the same. So the Democrats failed miserably in presenting their case. You don't to know. me, that's when you end it. Yeah, but you don't know. Even if they say, I don't want impeachment, you don't know if there's not a political price to be paid. Because that, that remains to be seen. Right. But that's my point. Are we going to waste the next five months on a purely political process? 219 Texter says, censure the doofus. I agree. Censure him. But I, the one thing I do agree with is the precedent it sets now going forward. And, and remember, Trump did all this stuff the day after the Mueller testimony, so he felt empowered to do this. Their precedent now will be set, if he's not removed, that it's okay for the president to use his position as commander-in-chief to benefit his polit- personal political campaign. Well, what about uh, politicians ignoring subpoenas? What about making up um, um, uh, rights that uh, you don't have because you occasionally see the president and claiming that you have privilege? All of those things matter too it's terrible and that's why probably the second article of impeachment will be obstruction of justice and i think the president's taking a very risky position not showing up to these hearings because they may or may not like the proceedings but i I generally think people don't like disrespect for the institutions see i think the apathy comes from the fact that that uh, it's a different standard in washington and that they get away with it and the rest of us can't i agree i mean you were you were you were a lawyer forever if somebody blew off a subpoena what would happen to them They'd become talking to me in the grand jury. I'd send right. the police after him. But the point is, this this is a political process. It's not a criminal process. And the Democrats have so ineptly handled it, they've not swayed public opinion. It's time to drop it and get over with and start focusing on things that the country really needs to have the attention paid to. So how would you back out of it now? Censure. 
I think you need to proceed. You started. You need to run the play. You got to finish it. You got to run the play. So we're into March. And listen, then you know what? The Senate's going to go on record, and all those people are going to have to stand up, and they're going to have to vote on the record, and we're going to know where they stood. And that's where it's going to go. Is there ever a point in any of this, and obviously we don't know everything, where Republicans uh, that have stood behind Trump completely start to drift? No, because their whole – remember, and we go, this is way into the weeds, but they're gerrymandered districts. Their districts love this stuff. There are certain parts of this country – The Senate's that, not a gerrymandered district. No, but district. the people in the House that are making all the noise. Um, um, but, yeah, but we're putting the Senate at risk because there's, what, four or five seats that uh, Martha McSally, some of these other people are going to have to – they're going to have to really watch what they're doing in the course of this proceeding. Yeah, the they're going to have to stand up and be counted. And you know what? That's their job. Well, they're, none of them are going to vote for impeachment. Everyone's going to have to go to the bathroom. They're like, I, I hear the ice cream truck. I'm out. If you're President Trump at this point, wouldn't you strategically, if you're smart like some people think he is, demand your day in court? So, yeah, I want the Senate to do this. Well, he did that a while ago. Oh, a, a while ago. Yeah, he was saying that. So if it's over an hour ago, we need to check. Well, I, I don't know. I, the, it changes daily, and I have. If you game it out, there, the, we know what the result is. That's my my point. <laughs> we know it's going to happen. Why no, are we going I, through? I think putting. I think the senators having to vote on the record and putting people on the record in the house, it's not without value, and you know they'll see. The ones that are but really I think get we hurt. We need to move expeditiously. Uh, yeah, the ones that get hurt are moderate Democrats. Seven oh eight. Will there ever be an investigation into Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's roles in the Ukraine oil company? It was absolutely a full investigation that was done. Uh, and while Hunter Biden is an incredible problem to the Biden family and has been off the rails for years, there is nothing that was found to be illegal. Uh, it's a lot of bad optics, but it had nothing to do with the vice president. And all of that that has been said uh, other than that has been frankly made up. Well, I think this is where the Republicans made a mistake in, in the intel hearings. Call everybody. Throw everybody on, like you know, Hunter Biden. The Republicans want him in. Throw him on. Let him talk, and then, then it's then the people. I think more engaged and think it's a fair process. I think the president wrongly, but he won the argument that the process in the Intel Committee was not fair. I don't agree with it at all, but that's the, the public opinion was on his side on that, and he was very effective in that message. Kamala Harris is out. We need another female in the race. Bridget, are you ready? <laughs> well, you still have Amy Klobuchar, and obviously Elizabeth Warren, who's doing really well in the polls and so you know we'll see mike mike bloomberg's in now and was upending things a little bit and uh um big deal or little deal that she's out um you know i I think it was interesting i have a you know of of my african-american women friends the ones who are kind of more moderate were for her the ones that are a little bit more progressive were not at all because of her background as prosecutor and some of the stuff she said so I think if you can't nail down kind of, you know, it's hard to figure out what her natural base was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it changes the race at all. I think there's a couple other people that probably need to drop out, too. I was sad to see Bullock drop out. I mean, I know he was at 1%. He's the governor of Montana. I think he's fantastic and moderate. I think they pull names out of a hat. We just pull them out of a hat right now, and that's it. And that's who has to run. Pat, thank you. Bridget, thank you. Thank you. Busy final hour of the program coming up. Dean's in L.A. We'll talk to Dean. Troy Murray will be here to talk about your Blackhawks. And uh, we have another one of our Christmas choirs to sing before we're done at 9. And John Williams is here. Let's get to Dean here as we uh, get underway. Uh, We only have a short period of time here because uh, Dean's agent is about to pick him up. Uh, And, Dean, yesterday I mentioned that Jill from Lindenhurst sent you and I moron tumblers. Yeah, so we want to thank, nice. we want to thank Jill from Lindenhurst. So, what are you doing in LA? I am going to be interviewing the cast of this uh, little movie. Maybe you haven't heard of it called Star Wars. Oh, the indie. The, 
yeah, the the little uh, indie film. I think it might even be in Pakistani. Might it might even be a foreign film. I'm not really sure. No, nobody knows. Know It'll probably win some artsy fartsy awards. Yeah, um, so so who's there? The entire cast. The entire cast is uh, here, including many of the originals. I am super excited to be able to talk to the great Billy D. Williams today, Lando Calrissian, uh, from uh, you know a couple of the original movies. Uh, very excited about that. You know all this. These stories that have come out the last couple of days of how he considers himself gender fluid. Yeah, at 82 years old. Sometimes he refers to himself in the masculine. Sometimes he refers to himself in the feminine. So I don't know if I'll have time uh, to talk about that. But I'm bringing in both chocolates and beef jerky. Just to be <laughs> hey, speaking, just of old, speaking of old guys, Willie Nelson's not going to smoke pot anymore. What is that going to do to the pot industry? That, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, pot becoming illegal in Illinois can't come at a better time because this is going to cripple the cannabis industry uh, with, you know, maybe the, <laughs> the biggest advocate ever of uh, smoking the, the devil's weed. Uh, Willie has had uh, lots of health problems lately. Uh, in, in particular, problems, uh, respiratory problems in breathing. And he himself said in an interview that I have abused my lungs through the years. And I think it's uh, time at this ripe old age to uh, stop smoking. So he's he's going to stop uh, smoking everything right now. And the National Board of Review has named their best movie of the year. What is it? And by that, I mean, what is the National Board of Review? Is that like a, <laughs> is that a critics organization? Yeah, it's critics and directors and uh, you know industry people. It's it's a it's more a collection of industry people uh, than it is critics. Because honestly, who cares what critics have to say about anything anyway? But <laughs> I care deeply. That's uh, that's nice of you to say. The um, so it's it's a pretty prestigious group, and they have chosen as their favorite movie of the year, The Irishman. That uh, did you have you watched it yet? I can't. I can't get the time set aside. I've seen probably thirty minutes of it. I got interrupted. I saw another fifteen. I got interrupted. So I'd like to see it all the way through, but I'm getting there. Yeah, that's. It's a shame that most people are watching it this way, but you sort of have to because it's three and a half hours long. It's on Netflix now. It was in theaters. Uh, probably will be going back to theaters when it gets Oscar nominations, which it certainly will. This is the one with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci and Harvey Keitel and uh, uh, lots of other luminaries directed by Martin Scorsese. It is, it's a really good movie, but it is the length of this movie is killing it. People are you know, saying that they tried to watch it. They can't. Uh, you know, some people are toughing it out and they block out a whole you know, afternoon or a whole right. night uh, to sit and watch it. But it's hard to sit through a three and a half hour movie, even at home. But it's uh, I, I loved it. I gave it an A, but it's um, actually I gave it an A minus. I took points off for the uh, for the length on that. But the National Board of Review says it's the best. But I, I now have a new favorite movie of 2019. I think we talked about this movie called 1917. 
Did we talk about this? Yeah, you brought it up. A, we didn't get into it. The in world, yeah. It's the World War One. It's a World War One. It's like the Saving Private Ryan of yep. World War One. Yep. It's an amazing movie. Uh, and at the moment, <clears throat> uh, unless Carrot Top comes up with something new uh, that I don't know about, it's probably going to be my favorite film it's of the year. Funny, it's the second Carrot Top reference in the show today. Uh, and both of them strong. All right, I'm going to let you go do your thing, and uh, we will reconnect with you on Monday when I'm back. Okay, have fun. Thank you, buddy. See ya. That's uh, Dean Bye. Richards. And uh, once more on Always More. Troy Murray is standing by, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. We'll get to it in just a second. I, 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 should I tell people where I'm going to be the next two days? Uh, that's It's a very personal thing. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's I, I mean, to be open and honest with the audience that has shown so much support for the show. Okay. Well, then I think you should. Well, I don't think I should. <laughs> you know, like I said, I don't think you should. Because well, it's a real personal thing. I'm uh, getting a colonoscopy. I thought you had that last week. I've had three. What? Yeah. Wow. Since I was 50. I have this oh. hered- the hereditary blood clot condition. I didn't get three in a row. Oh, I was going to say, every week, I had that's one a little at much. 50, one at 55, and now I'm 58. Oh, I'm so sorry. The, the time span's getting different. I may have one every six weeks after this. <laughs> Man, I think that would kill you just having that often. So, uh, uh, so that's why I'm going to be out tomorrow, and then Friday I'm just taking the extra day because I'm exploiting it. Um, I don't think the word exploiting should be connected to a Because <laughs> when you said exploiting, I, I immediately I he heard exploding, and I'm like, wait. You know what we might do? Maybe, you know, I don't know what the, the policy with Nexstar, the new company, is in regards to live broadcast, but, you know, a live broadcast from my colonoscopy might be a big hit. Bob Surratt, live from the uh, procedure room. We would enjoy that. <laughs> What does it come to? I think there'd be a lot of ambient noise in there. I've done this for a long time. I didn't think I'd ever get to a point where I was discussing a colonoscopy mm. on the air, and actually mine. Yeah. It's okay. We've all been there. But it's good to do them at the end of the week. It Very is? Very smart. Yeah. Because then you you know can recover on the weekend. <laughs> well, from what I remember, the recovery is yeah. no big deal. No. You're just kind of out of it for a few hours. Yeah, and then you're st- really hungry. Do you still have to drink all of that stuff before you do this, or is it... Yeah, they it? just use a little C4 now. No, uh, yeah, you, uh, you do. You have to drink... It's funny, because I spoke to the doctor about it. I go, you know, it's been th- three or four years now. I said, the prep's gotten better, right? He goes, not even close. Oh, no. <laughs> what flavor do you have? The lemonade? Lemon lime. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Is that nasty? Well, yeah, you just taste it for the... You, well, you can't drink 7-Up after that, after a while. Cause the, well, what's the lemon Oh, because it all lime? tastes like 7-Up? Yeah, it all just okay. tastes or Sprite or... Ooh. You know what I can have today, though, because I can't eat today, but you know what I can have today? No. I'm excited about it. Orange popsicles. You're excited about that? Well, I'm not eating anything else today. (laughs) Here's what I'm eating today. I'm having a couple of orange popsicles and some chicken broth. Hello. Ooh, yeah. How old are we? Old country buffet or what? (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. (laughs) That's when I was in labor. I could only eat popsicles. So anyway, I'm telling you this as the audience because I want you to know where I'm going to be the next couple of days in case someone needs to come find me. (laughs) Try Murray, how are you, buddy? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> had to listen to all of that, didn't you? I, I had to listen to all of that. <laughs> you know, you and I are about the same age. You've had that done, I'm sure. You know what? I'm um, embarrassed to say that I, I never had it. Oh, dude, um, you and I, but, but I, no, no, I never had it until. Um, the whole Eddie Olchek. Oh, okay. Well, and, listen, and, yeah, and there you he, go. Uh, 
you know what? He made me decide that I got to go have that colonoscopy, and um, I, I'm glad I did. There's a couple little things that are no big deals, but um, I did it because of Eddie. And you know, this is what Eddie, when Eddie wrote his book and everything, he says, you know, if I can help one person, if I can get one person, you know, to to find out what's going on, to have a colonoscopy, to you know, to have your checkups, then then I've done my job. And you know, he did it. I know Pat Foley was in the same boat too, and and he did it because of Eddie. So you know, good for Eddie to uh, you know put us in a position to do something like you did. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and, that's, yeah. and that, and honestly, with all seriousness, that's why I bring it up. I bring it up because everybody should do it. And if you're fifty or over, you absolutely should do it. Uh, so please take care of yourself because you got people in your life that need you. Trimary again, you sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago dot com. Um, all right, so which Blackhawk team do we have? Do we have the team that snapped off four or five, looked great, or do we have the team that in the last three games looked awful? I, I, I think you know. I, I think you. you there's a happy medium in between there. They, they really looked like they were on the right track when they had a couple games against Dallas, who at that point was the hottest team in the NHL. Um, you knew you had five big games up against Central Division team, um, so basically all four pointers. So you're really excited after what happened against Dallas, and then over the weekend um, and against St. Louis on Monday night, things certainly went south. And um, you know, and now everybody's asking this exact question: which team is the real team? And um, I, you know, I, I think that there's a you've got to find. Uh, the the medium of where it is, and you ask Brent Seabrook, and he said we weren't good, we weren't near good enough in the last three games, and that was obvious because you you really got destroyed um, by some good two good teams. So you you, you got to regroup. You, you can't put your head down. It's not getting any easier. But um, you know when the offense was clicking, it, it seems like everything is good. When the offense gets a little bit quiet, then the you know, you, you you put a lot of pressure on your goaltenders to get the job done, and they've been great all season long, and uh, really not their fault over this uh, last three-game stretch. They need more help in front of the net. Troy, a guy like Alex Dabrinkit right now is going through uh, a, a, a thing that I think a lot of hockey players go through, and it's, it's a goal drought, and he's been close so many times, hitting so many posts, but he's a young guy. Do you, you don't worry about his confidence, though, do you? Well, I think, you know, he, he himself got into a fight with a guy named Sam Gerard um, in Colorado on Saturday, and he, he said it was out of frustration. So, you know, when you're getting frustrated, then obviously your confidence level does go down, and he, he admitted it. And I think in his first year, his rookie season, he went 13 games without a goal at one point. Um, right now, after scoring 41 goals last year, he's at 12 games without a, without a goal. He's hit a couple of posts. He's had some real good opportunities. Uh, if you look at a shooting percentage number for Alex Dabrinkit last year, at the end of the season, he was just under 19, which is, you know, it's a pretty good shooting percentage over the course of an entire season. That's why he got 41 goals this year. Right. He's at about six and a half. Mm. So, you know, you, you, again, you got to find a happy medium between the six and a half, which is extremely low for a shooter like Alex at 19, which was, you know, probably above expectation. So I think that, it, you know, as soon as he kind of scores one goal or gets an opportunity and, and buries it, that, that he'll get that confidence back because he is a pure shooter and watch him in practice. And I think that right now he's just fighting his confidence a little bit. But uh, as any goal scorer, would tell you that when you're not scoring goals and that's what you're supposed to do, you get a little bit tight and then, you know, you just kind of got to relax your mind, forget about it, clean out the kitchen and, and get back to work. 
Uh, Do you ever have a stretch like that where you hit 12 posts and nothing went in? <laughs> well, I, I had a, I had a lot of stretches where I didn't score in 12 games, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't I didn't worry about it until it reached about 20. <laughs> and he said, "Wait, I'll leave you with this. Uh, we're a third of the way through the season, and you know the old Yogi Berra thing. It's getting late early." Um, this is a part of the season where if you're struggling, and clearly the Hawks are, you got to get it turned around in the next month, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if you look at Jeremy Colleton uh, in his comments the last couple of days, he says, you know, we have the ability to go on a good run here, but we got to do it right now. And, that, and that's the truth. Uh, you know, this was a, a really tough weekend as far as where you wanted to be in the standings and where you are. Uh, one game over 500 and everything was looking good. Now all of a sudden losing three in a row, you're two games under the 500 mark, and they look at the end of the season where you probably have to be uh, points-wise to be in the hunt for a, a playoff spot. you got to be in that mid-90s, so if you just do the math, you know, 30, 37, and 20, kind yeah. of going down the stretch here. Right. You know, those are some pretty lofty numbers that you're looking at where you have to have some separation to be about 15 games, 13 games over 500 at the end of the year. So, you know, now's the time. You can't look past, you know, these next few games. I know it's tough. Boston hasn't lost in regulation at home this season. Um, but you got to go in there and get the job done. I mean, somebody's going to beat them there. Why not be the Blackhawks and get on a good roll here? Let's get it back. Get it back, and, fellas. And, 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 i got to tell you this. It's the mother's trip coming up oh good 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 so um that's an additive incentive for the players to do well they'll they'll be joining the uh the team to boston and new jersey so it's a it's a real great gesture by the blackhawks organization they're one of the few teams that actually has the mother's trip they alternate um tampa was in town not too long ago and they had the fathers and i asked them you know do they do a mother's and they said no we don't do a mother's so Equal opportunity for you know the parents who raise their kids to, to come on a trip and kind of see what it's like, and I, I know that the players certainly enjoy having the, uh, their mothers around. So it's a great opportunity to uh, to show their mothers that they can go into Boston and win a big game. Get it done. I like that. All right, buddy. Thank you. Done. You bet. Always uh, a pleasure, guys. Love you. Love you back. Troy Murray, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. We have a number of great uh, choirs and uh, that come in all the time. Um, and uh, for the holidays I'm talking about. And one of our favorites is here today, the Woodstock High School Magical Singers, led by the Director of Choral Activities, Brian. Brian, help me out. Josiak? You're right on. How are you, man? I'm great. How are you? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all the good things. Same to you. All right, so tell me about the kids. This is a group of 21 students from Woodstock High School in Woodstock, Illinois, and this is an auditioned group. We sing madrigals from the Renaissance time period. We also sing Christmas carols and other holiday tunes. And though you don't see them wearing their Renaissance attire, they wear some pretty fancy outfits. Uh, men wear tights. and uh, Like the ones I'm wearing today? Yeah. Okay. I, that's what I hear. Okay. All right. Um, and, and what is a madrigal? Good question. It's a, it's a song from the Renaissance time period. Basically, madrigals were like the pop songs of the 1600s. Um, catchy and uh, funny oftentimes, sometimes serious, but um, we're actually not going to sing any of those today, but we will sing some holiday tunes, but they are the madrigal singers because of those Renaissance So like the, Billy, the Billie Eilish of the 16th century, that kind of thing? <laughs> Truly, yes. <laughs> All right, I'm looking forward to this because I look forward to seeing you guys and hearing you guys every year. Live from the Performance Studio at 720 WGN, you'll enjoy this. Here are the Woodstock High School Madrigal Singers. 
God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. Now Bethlehem was born, the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas all others doth deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Uh, a standing ovation from a sitting position. Andy, if you'd join me. That was awesome. If the headphone cord were longer, we could actually stand. But it's a rare sitting ovation. Uh, Brian, I tell you this every year, but I'm just blown away by how great you guys are. Um, it's really impressive. So hang out. We're going to do a little more. And by the Andy, when I say we, I mean them. Them. Of course. Yes, of course. Uh, because we want it to be entertaining. The Woodstock High School Madrigal Singers are here. A couple of texters, 224. It's the most beautiful music ever. I wait every year to hear the Woodstock High School folks on WGN. And uh, another texture says, I look forward to this group again and again and again. Do you guys perform, Brian, publicly anywhere? <laughs> no, we just perform for ourselves privately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. We, uh, we are preparing in a variety of gigs, but the major one that we are uh, working towards is the Magical Dinner. There are two dinners, Friday, December 20th, and Saturday, December 21st at the Bull Valley Golf Club. Okay, so this is not just for the school. The public can come out. Correct. Anybody okay. can come, um, and tickets will include the students singing 28 songs, which is yeah, we're doing 28 here today as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're planning on it. Um, and then the um, there are jesters that tell jokes, and there are um, recorder breasts and saxophone ensembles, and, and then also dinner is included. Dinner, dessert. It's a nice event, and you can buy tickets at our Facebook page, which is Woodstock High School Choirs, or on our school website, Woodstock High School. And the public is welcome. It's a really a nice event, right up against the holidays. And all the money goes to your vacation fund, Brian, when you're trying to get to the Bahamas? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it goes to support to the uh, kids, right? The, That's right. Uh, in the program. That's How right. many kids are in the program? Total, uh, 80, 88 right now at Woodstock High School. And uh, this is about a quarter, quarter or less than a quarter of the total but program. these are the all-stars. These are the ones you asked to do this. <laughs> That's don't tell them that, <laughs> but that's true. Well, why don't we cut to the chase? Who's your favorite of the kids you have here today? <laughs> well, I have to do a I have to do another shout out here. Uh, I had a student last year that was quite sick, and I I did a shout out twice for him, and he's here today. And Chris Crenshaw's here, and uh, they he's one of our three of our students that's going to state for choir um, along with Kaylee Beckman and Tom Spookus. Well, so. how about a hand for those three? Yeah. Come on. Great. That's great stuff. All right, so what's the next thing you're going to sing? We're going to sing a tune called Coventry Carol, and it's a slower tune, uh, very beautiful jazzy harmonies, and um, we hope you enjoy it. That's Brian Joswiak, Director of Choral Activities at Woodstock, Woodstock High School Magical Singers on 720 WGM.
punishes the kids if they miss a note or something because there's a tremendous amount of of discipline yeah into i mean they just they're, they're flawless it works yeah uh it's brian joswiak and uh i actually i went in during the last break and i memorized the names of all the kids that are here today uh, there's preston and kaylee and lucas and kyla and hallie and christopher and evan and eva and lexi and andrew and aiden there's jalen and larry and Lacey and ricardo there's Jermaine and uh, Stephanie and Thomas and Madeline and, and Haley. And who could forget Brianna? Not me. <laughs> did I miss anybody? I don't think I did. <clears throat> what a That's, memory. Yeah, it's really quite impressive. Uh, Brian, I know I asked you this last year, but how long have you been doing this? Well, this is my third year at Woodstock High School, and uh, I, I'm sticking around, I guess. I would hope. <laughs> Seems to be working out. Uh, if you, can you do one more for us? We only have a couple of minutes here, uh, maybe two and a half. But if, if you can uh, give me a, a couple of minutes of something, the audience would love you for it. Oh, yeah, we got a quick one. All right, when you're ready. Christmas is coming, the geese are getting fat. Please do put a penny in the old man's hat. Christmas is coming, the geese are getting fat. Please do put a penny in the old man's hat. If 
You haven't got a penny, a hey penny or two, a hey penny or two, a hey penny or two. But a penny's better, a penny or two are better, two or three. Is coming, the geese are getting fat. fat. Please do put a penny in the old man's hat. If you haven't got a penny, a hay penny or two. If you haven't got a hay penny, a farthing or two. If you haven't got a farthing, God bless you. God bless the master of this house, likewise the mistress too. Love, love and joy come to you and to you your wassail too and we wish you we wish you a happy new year and we wish you a happy new year love and joy come to you and to you your wassail too and we wish you we wish you a happy new year and we wish you a happy new I just I could not <clears throat> I could not be more impressed. Just blew it out of the park again, and that's a technical magical term. Yes. Um, so Brian, congratulations and and to everybody there. Uh, it's just an amazing group you have. Congratulations and thank you to all the fine folks at Woodstock and thanks to all your parents. Um, and, and making this trek down this morning Really, really nice Thank you guys very much The Facebook page again is where? Woodstock High School Choirs Instagram, Woodstock High School Choir <laughs> there's, there's a slight difference Alright, well go support these guys Thank you, Brian Thank you Hi, John Williams Hi, Steve Cocker How are you today? Do you know how to pronounce good thanks to that bar that Eddie Johnson was at? C-E-R-E-S um, I Cirrus. do not. Cirrus? I've heard Cirrus mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, are you thinking about going there with a woman that's not your wife as it's been reported? Stop saying that. <laughs> it's just such odd reporting. I wonder if they should name a drink after him there. A woman that's not your wife? I have an edit The cocktail? Or, yeah, a woman that's not my wife. Yeah. So, what are you doing today? I'm going to talk about that for three hours. Okay, well, good. That'll be 9 to noon. <laughs> and if something else comes up, like, say, that little impeachment Actually, thing, maybe that'll come up. By the way, the uh, news click asks if uh, the mayor did the right thing in letting him go. What do you think the numbers on that are going to be? Uh, you know, I'm thinking out of 60, the gate. 40, 50, yeah, 50. it's going to be close. I really we do. will reveal the results after the news. And that starts now. See you tomorrow. Uh, Monday.